Well, if you've got your Bible with you, you can join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, wait, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 will be in verses 12 through 27 today. If you want to use that blue Bible that's in front of you, it's page 959. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, uh, you can go there and if you search for events that are happening right now, you'll find my sermon notes or you'll find our text that we're going to look at anyway. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is all about the body. Paul compares the church, the body of Christ with the human body, with all of its different parts. And as I was Coming back to this text again, I was thinking about uh, high school biology and junior high biology for that matter. And I remember how disappointed I was when I first got into, into biology classes in school because our biology classroom did not look like the ones uh, from the schools on TV shows, you know? On TV shows, they had the life-size skeleton there, you know, and, and they had all the cool stuff. We had a cat skeleton. I remember that. There was a cat skeleton. And, and, but they had the life-size skeleton. They had the beakers and all the tubes and everything out. And, and, and I always, always thought, always, why didn't we have the life-size skeleton? And maybe they had it one time. I don't know. Maybe it ran off. I'm not sure how that works. But, but I do remember we had this one little thing in our classroom. It was actually a model. In fact, I had seen it at toy stores. Uh, but they used it in our biology class. It was a little model called the Visible Man. Do you remember the Visible Man? It was a plastic model of a human body about a foot tall. The skin, the outer, the outer part of the, of the model, was transparent plastic. And then all the organs went on the inside. And it was kind of like a puzzle. You had to figure out where all the organs went to put the visible man together. Now, some of that's easy enough. I mean, you kind of, you know where the heart goes, you know where the lungs go, you kind of get an idea. I think the liver's over here somewhere, right? Close. And, uh, and you know, you can tell what the intestines, but then you've got to make them all fit. And more often than not, when I saw the, the visible man there in, in the biology room, he was just laying in a box with all the parts scattered all over the place. Once in a while, most of him would be put back together. They'd wrap some, wrap some transparent tape, some scotch tape around him, but then there'd be a few parts that never made it back in. I think about that, and I think about what Paul has to say here about the human body and the church, and, and I realize the human body is just a marvel of creation. It's amazing how everything fits together. You've got some very vital organs that are protected uh, in your rib cage. Your, your brain is protected inside of your skull. Everything fits together and you know we, we get older and some things start hurting a little bit more and we're, we're thankful that our arms are there to help us get up out of our chairs when we have sat a little too long. We're glad our knees still work and I'm just happy that I'm not held together with tape. You know, Not yet anyway, maybe someday. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul illustrates how we all, as individual parts of the church, how we work together like the parts of the human body. That culminates in verse 27, which will be our last verse we look at, but let's just start there. It says in verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. As I was working on this sermon, I realized I hear those words a little different now than I used to. Maybe uh, I hear those words uh, just a little different. Maybe, maybe it is about getting older. Maybe it's about having a few more aches and pains. And every now and then you get a pain and you're like, is, is that normal? Should that be hurting like that? Is that, a, is that a normal pain or is this it? Is this the end? <laughs> and maybe it's because I have been in the hospital with several of you lately as 
you've been taken care of and and I've seen just just how important it is and it, and we we've prayed those prayers seeking healing and maybe it's just part of being the church knowing that we support one another and hearing this call to love one another and hearing the one another within this text and there is a one another in this text if you haven't found it yet it's there in verse 25 it's there in 25 that Paul says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Care for one another. It's part of the life of the church. It's part of the life of the human body. Kind of think about that visible man model, and I wonder what if there was a visible church model, you know, where the walls were transparent and the ceiling was transparent. And what if even more, what if the relationships were transparent enough that we saw the needs of each other. That we, we saw how we fit together. How we take care of one another. How we would know those needs and how everyone fits together. How everyone cares for one another. And that's how Paul is calling us to view the church here in our relationships with one another. It's a call for each one of us to trust. It's a call for each one of us to trust where God has placed us. I've been through... I've been through a few medical tests in my very young life, uh, my very relatively healthy life. I've been through a few medical tests. Some were fine, and others I don't care to ever repeat again, uh, no matter what my doctor says. But I remember about 10 years ago going in and having a sonogram on my heart. And that technician, uh, he put that gel on my chest and he put that little, that little sensor up against my chest and it just took him a matter of seconds. He found my heart and there it was on the screen just beating away. And I looked up as he was working on it. I looked up and, and I said, that's my heart? And he said, yeah. And I said, huh, I guess I do have one. And he, and he went, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I said, you hear that every time somebody comes in here, don't you? He says, yeah, that's, that's what they all say. I'm, I said, I'm real sorry. This is my first time. He said, that's, that's all right. But you know, I was glad that he knew at least where to look. You know, he's looking for my heart. He wasn't putting that sensor up here. He wasn't putting it in other places. He, was, he knew exactly where the heart ought to be because God, in His wisdom, He has placed those organs where they need to be, where they're supposed to be. We trust God to do that. We trust that our heart's going to be here, our lungs are here, we, that, that all of those things are going to be in those places. And in the same way, we trust that God has placed us as a church where we need to be. I want to begin in verse, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body... The, the physical body, is one and has many members. And all the members of the body, though there are many, they are still just one body. And so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, uh, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members of your body, the physical body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts and yet one body. Paul points to the, the unity 
of the physical body, but also the diversity of the body. A foot doesn't complain. I'm worthless because I'm not a hand. An ear doesn't feel worthless because it's not an eye. Paul assures us that God has arranged the members of our body for His purposes. And he says the same is true of the church. We fit together for His purposes. And the promise is that there is a place, there is a place in the church, there is a place in the body of Christ for you. Remember several years ago, we had a family start attending our church. They've moved since then. And I want to just be honest with you, when they started attending here, we, we weren't the kind of church they were looking for. Uh, we, we really weren't their cup of tea. First of all, they weren't used to small town stuff yet. I mean, they, they got used to small town. They got used to our kind of fellowship. We, we weren't what they were expecting. In fact, someone had told them, ladies, someone had told them that Kansas Christian Church uses drums in worship. Now, Donna, I've seen you push the drum button once in a while, but I've very rarely seen actual drums up here. We could try, but no, we, we don't have that many drums around here. And I thought when they first came, I thought, well, this is, you know, they're just going to visit for a little bit and they're going to move on. But within a matter of weeks, I heard them say, we found our home church. We found the place where we belong. And it had nothing to do with our style of worship. It had nothing to do with, uh, with, with what kind of church we are, what we had here in the, in the church. It had nothing to do with the wonderful preaching. It had everything to do with the way that you cared for that family. And that family not only began attending, but they plugged in and they served here. And they did, they did some wonderful things here for, for, the, for us and for our community. Many of you can probably guess who exactly I'm talking about. But, but it wasn't a matter that, that we met the requirements of what a church ought to look like and what we ought to, you know, the kind of music we ought to have, the kind of activities we ought to have. It's a matter that you cared for them. You showed them that they belong here, that they were needed, that they were loved. You know, there, there may be times in our lives when we wonder, do I really fit in? Do I really belong? And we might even wonder, is there, is there even a place for me? And trust me, there is a place for you. We have a place for you. And I know there are difficult times in our lives and in our families, and I know there are difficult times in our churches. Now, I think we all realize we have been through some major challenges in the last two years. Challenges that Churches haven't faced these kind of challenges, not in, not in a very, very long time. Uh, we're seeing some major changes, that the things that have happened in the last year or last few years with some of the divisions we see in our nation and, and of course, with the, the pandemic. We're, we're seeing challenges that we've never seen before, and so many churches are struggling right now. This week, I'm going to go encourage some preachers, and, and they, they need that encouragement because I know they're going through an awful lot. Because a lot of us are still asking the question, what do we do? How do we recover from, from what COVID brought? Well, how, do we, how do we continue to serve? And we're all still sorting that out. But, but in the midst of all of that, I'm still trusting that God has a place for us. That God has a purpose for us. It has a place for our church. So trust that God has a place for you. And you know, going hand in hand with that, trust that God has a place for you. Going hand in hand with that is the realization that we need to trust God for the people that He's placed around us. Trust God for the ones that He's placed with you. I've got a good friend who's been preaching through 1 Corinthians for the last few months. That's very difficult, by the way. I've never done that. I've never preached through 1 Corinthians. It's a hard letter. It's a very difficult letter. And he's finding it to be somewhat difficult. 
The reason that Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians is because these people, the Corinthian church, they could not get along with each other. In chapter 3, he talks about the divisions that are happening in the church. These people just simply couldn't get along. And then he starts commenting on all the different things that they're fighting about. They're fighting about how to worship. Well, we ought to have drums. or No, they're, they're fighting about how to worship. They're fighting about how to pray. They're fighting about how to take the Lord's Supper. They're fighting about whether or not women ought to wear head coverings in their church, believe it or not. And, and it's even gotten to the point that members of the church in Corinth were suing other members. They were taking them to court. This church in Corinth was ready to fall apart. And so what does Paul tell them? Look at verse 21. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, Oh, I don't need you. <laughs> Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker, they are indispensable. And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. <laughs> and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which, is, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it. Now this is usually the point when preaching this text, when a good preacher would start talking about how much we need you serving in the church. Whether you're a hand or a foot, whether you're an eye or an ear, we have a place for you right here to serve. We've got something for, for you to do. Uh, just like all the parts of the body fit together, there's a place for you, friend, right here in our church, a place for you to serve. A good preacher would do that. And he would talk you into greeting, or he would talk you into leading singing. Or you talk you into working with the youth, which, by the way, we need people who can do those kind of things. But what I want you to see here is this is all about how we care for one another. Again, go back to verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. You know, if there was an explosion right now, your hands would rush up without, without a single thought for themselves. Your hands would rush up and they would protect your eyes. That's what your hands do. Your hands know to care for your eyes. That's what they do. It's not just about how we work together and how we serve together. It's about how we care for one another. Look again at verse 23. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow a greater honor. <laughs> and our unpresentable parts, our unpresentable parts are treated with greater honor. Modesty. I can't, I can't read that verse anymore without thinking of my dear friend and my son, Connor, sitting there listening very carefully to his father preach. We must not have run out of candy yet because he's, he's enjoying my sermon. I can't, I can't read verse 23 without thinking of Connor because it talks about modesty. And let me tell you, modesty is not his forte. He doesn't, he doesn't do modesty himself, so we have to do modesty for Connor. A couple weeks ago, we had a really pretty Saturday. It was nice and warm. And I was out on the porch reading and drinking my coffee. And I see the door open and Connor pokes his head out the door. And he sees where I am. And he started to come out. But I could tell Connor was wearing a t-shirt and a pair of underwear. Now, if you come to our house and Connor is home, that's probably what you're going to find him wearing. That's his uniform because that's comfortable to him. You will find a 20-year-old man sitting around the house in a t-shirt and his underwear. 
But he wanted to come out on the porch with me. And I said, no, no, buddy, you got to go inside and put on a pair of shorts. And you know what he did? He went inside and he put on a pair of shorts. Now, that means nothing to him personally. (laughs) For him, it's just kind of a hassle that he wants me to open. Okay. But he wants to be with me. He wanted to be with me on the porch. And so in order to be with me, he, he went in and did that. We give Connor his modesty. We care for him that way because we know, we trust that God has placed him with us so that we can help meet his needs. So we give him his modesty. We make sure that he's presentable because he wants to be where we are. And he receives that blessing because God placed him with us. See, it's not just that, that we trust where God has placed us, that He's put us in the right place, what church we're a part of, but we trust those that He's placed us with, those who make up the body of Christ, those who make up the church. He has surrounded you with people who do the one another's for you. He's surrounded you with people who love one another. He's surrounded you with people who pray for one another, as we saw in James 5 a couple weeks ago. He's surrounded you with people who even forgive one another. We saw that one last week in Colossians. There's a place for you here. And the lesson for all of us is that even the weakest is indispensable. And so the call for every one of us in this organism that we call the church, the call is this. Trust God's call to care for one another. Trust that God has called us to care for one another. And that can be hard because we live in a very fiercely independent culture. We live in a culture where, where what's honored is independence. That, that you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. That you take care of your own problems. You don't depend on anyone. You especially don't take any charity. You don't take any handouts. And every bit of that is a complete opposite to what we are called to do for one another in Christ. And it's a complete opposite of what Paul is calling for us here. The call is not to independence. The call is to interdependence, to trusting one another, to trusting that God has surrounded us with people who support us, who care for us, who will bear with us. Reading on in verse 24. God has composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Verse 25 tells us what caring for one another does. Did you notice that? It tells you exactly what caring for one another does. We care for one another so that there will be nothing dividing us. So there will be nothing that stands in the way of us coming together so that nothing separates us. Uh, instead, that we may have the, care, the same care for one another. When we care for one another, it does more than just heal our bodies. It does more than just, uh, just heal the, the needs that we have in our physical bodies. Caring for one another heals relationships. It heals the things that divide us, that keep us apart. You remember why Paul wrote this, right? The, the Corinthians could not get along with each other. They could not see eye to eye, to eye to eye. So how does Paul fix that? You notice he doesn't say, you, you Corinthians need to get your act together. These people over here are right. These people over here are wrong. Start listening to these people. They know what they're talking about. He doesn't say that. Instead, he says care for one another. Not agree with one another. Not that you all have to be exactly the same or do the same things. But that you should each have the same care 
for one another. That's where healing comes from. Care for one another. Verse 26 again, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I've seen you all live that out. I've seen you live out that very principle right there in verse 26. We've lived it out together. I've seen it when someone in this, in this church or this community gets a diagnosis of cancer. And I know that Bob Webb's going to show up sooner or later because Bob's been through that. And so Bob is there to talk to them, to, to care for them, to pray with them, and to, to let them, uh, to let them uh, know his encouragement as, as they go through that. I've seen Danny and Cindy show up when, when there's a need, a physical need to mow a yard or fix something in, in somebody's house or, or, or just show up to, to do something that needs to be done. We're so blessed with nurses in this congregation. Nurses who will show up. Nurses who will look after us. Who will listen to us. Nurses who will show up sometimes and say, we're going to take your blood pressure today because you look like you've been stressed lately. And they won't take no for an answer when they do that, by the way. But they'll show up and do that every now and then. And so many of you, when there's a need in our church or need in our community, when there's a loss, you are there with food, you are there with a hug, you're there with a shoulder to cry on, you are there with a card, some word of encouragement. You care for one another. And you know, it does more than just heal bodies. It heals hearts. And it heals relationships. And I hope one of the things that we all would understand from from this passage, from this call to care for one another, I hope one thing we would all understand is that sometimes, sometimes you're the one that needs cared for. Sometimes the one who needs to be cared for is you. I mean, it's wonderful to be out there to be the one helping out, isn't it? It's wonderful to be the one lending the hand, taking care of somebody else. But don't ever forget, when you're hurting, when you're in need, we are here for you. And that might require some opening up on your part, though. That might require that you let us know when you're having a struggle. That, uh, that might require letting us know when there's places you could use a little extra help. Extra help. But, but in those moments, we all trust God's care for one another. And let us be there for you in that moment. Care for one another. And again, Paul writes this to a church that was divided. They were arguing. Some of them were getting drunk when it came to communion time and eating all the food and there wasn't anything left for anybody else. They were divided. They were arguing. The very last verse here in chapter 12 says, after he tells us all about the the way the body works together, the way the body cares for one another, the very last verse he says, and I will show you still a more excellent way. There's something even better than the way we care for each other. There's something even better than the way that we all work together. And then he launches into chapter 13. And if you know 1 Corinthians 13, you know it as the love chapter, right? And it's there in chapter 13 that we read those words, love is patient. <laughs> love is kind. It's kind of interesting because we saw both of those words last week as we talked about forgiving one another. We were to forgive one another with patience and with kindness. Uh, we, we saw those qualities there. Verse 7 of, of 1 Corinthians 13 says, love bears all things. Last week we saw that word also as we talked about forgiving and loving and being kind. Love bears all things. Next week, we're going to look closer at that one. That's how we're going to finish out the, the month with bear with one another. We can't be the Christians God called us to be on our own. We can't be the Christians God's called us to be without one another. We cannot understand Jesus' love for us as individuals without loving one another. His care for us without caring for one another. 
And whether that means right now that you are one of those who is standing by, ready to support, ready to care, ready to, uh, ready that you're the strong one that's ready to take care of someone, or if it means that you're the one that's exhausted, whether it means that you're the one that, that is weak, this is where God has placed you. And this is where we find that we belong together, that we belong to one another. We're going to take communion here in a moment. We're going to sing a song that tells us that Jesus is our Redeemer. It can't help but think as, as we've been making our way on Wednesday night through the book of Ruth, uh, Ruth refers to, or Naomi refers to Boaz as their Redeemer, their kinsman Redeemer. And what that means is that Boaz is in a position to buy them out of their poverty. He is in a position to buy them out of slavery, out of their debt, that he is in a position to restore them. And then Paul reminds us that Jesus is our Redeemer. That He is the One who raises us up and buys us back out of our lives and out of our failures. He buys us back. But Paul also calls every one of us to redeem the time that we have with each other. That the way that we love each other, the way that we care for each other, we are buying back time so that it might be used for God's purposes. Let's remember that as we remember our Redeemer. Let me pray, we'll sing, and we'll take together. Father, that call to care for one another. We recognize we have been so blessed by those who have extended that care for us. We also recognize there have been times when we have been blessed to be the one there to, uh, to offer that care. Lord, wherever we find us, whatever need, uh, whatever condition we find ourselves in, whether it's uh, the one who's there to help or the one in need of help, I thank You for this church body. I thank You for the way we fit together. I thank You for the way that You've brought us together to serve one another, to serve our community. And that in the midst of all of that, we, we get to understand Your love even better. We thank You for the Redeemer that we have in Your Son. We take today this bread that reminds us of His body broken, the cup that reminds us of His blood shed. And we're reminded that, um, that our redemption was not free. It came with a price. And so, Lord, it, is just so, it means so much that we can give ourselves to one another and care for one another just as Christ has given Himself to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.